Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. Last week, uh, we continued our series. We took the part four of our series, The Believer's Authority. What a time, what a moment before the foundation of the world I believe God has planned this time. Because since the beginning of the year, the Lord has impressed it upon my life or my heart to teach this congregation, this local congregation in particular, about the believer's authority. What a time, what a moment in history that we need a teaching like this and to exercise our faith in it. Because all things that we need, all things that we want, all things that we require of God is embedded in the revelation of a believer's authority. When you know your privileges, your rights, and your positions in Christ. So that you can exert the will of God even on the earth. I want to encourage you to go through the first four series that we've done. I'm sure it's available on our app. You can go through and listen to it over and over again. And this evening, as we go to part five of this series, uh, I want to encourage you with all my heart that you pay rapt attention because God has got a word for you. And just speaking to what is going on all over the world about the coronavirus, I want you to know that the authority God has given you in Christ, the authority God has given you in Christ is more than enough for you to exercise that authority and kick the spirit of infirmity out of your neighborhood, out of your cities, out of your provinces, out of your nation, out of the nations of the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are praying. Amen. Just to bring what we learned last week to a close, I want to share with you briefly under this topic, caption, Believer's Authority, I want to share with you about what I've captioned the blame game. The blame game. It's common to hear people ask, why did God permit this? Why doesn't God do something about this? Or why did Jesus let that happen to me? The answer may surprise you this evening. The answer may surprise everybody watching this broadcast. But God can't do anything about it. He can't do nothing about it. Why? It's up to the ones that are asking the question to exercise their authority in Christ and enforce the word of God in their lives. It's up to you. It is you he has given the authority. It is you he has given the power to. As far as this earth is concerned, you will permit what Ever you want to permit, heaven will back you up. And whatever you don't want to permit also, heaven will back you up in it. You see, Christ is the head of the church. Ephesians 5.23 tells us that Christ is the head of the church. We are in the church. We are his body. The same authority given to the head is given to the body. We are the body of Christ. He is the head of his church. Praise God. We are the body. We can find that in Ephesians 5.30. tells us we are the body of Christ. Praise God. 
Praise God. So authority is conferred not only to the head alone, it is also given to the body. Praise God. Our head cannot do a thing without the body. In fact, our head can't do anything except through the body. The body of Christ is important. That is why I'm speaking to every believer who is a member of the body of Christ today to stand up and take authority. Exercise your authority, your God-given authority over this plague, over this virus, over everything that you don't want in your life. Hallelujah. The same is true with Christ and his church. Jesus is not here in the physical body. It's up to the church to enforce his will on the earth. His church. Instead of doing this, many Christians don't do anything but they blame game. We blame God for what we are experiencing in our personal life sometimes. We blame God for what the city is experiencing or what the world is experiencing now. It's not a matter of God letting bad things happen to them. No, they are actually allowed bad things to happen because they haven't accepted or allowed, they haven't accepted responsibility and haven't exercised their God-given authority. You must accept responsibility. God has given you and I a huge responsibility on the earth today. Praise God. Instead of occupy till I come. That was his word. Whatever you allow, Matthew 18, 18, whatever you allow on the earth is allowed in heaven. Whatever you disallow on the earth is disallowed in heaven. It is time to take responsibility and exercise your God-given authority. This is what happened in the Garden of Eden, if you can remember the story. We see clearly from the following passage that Adam never took responsibility for his actions. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 6, verses 8, sorry, to 12. Genesis chapter 6, verses 8 to 12. Glory be to God. Verse 8 says, and they heard the voice. Genesis chapter 3, from verses 8 to 12. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Praise God. Can somebody switch off this fan? It seems it's, the noise will be interfering one way or the other. Praise God. Can you zoom the camera to my face, please? Do that to my face. All right. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shalt not eat? Verse 12, and the man said, the woman who thou givest to me, she gave me the tree and I did eat it. She gave me of the tree and I did eat it. Look at Adam's answer. Does he, is he receiving responsibility there? No. He said, is the woman you gave me. 
blaming God, blaming the woman, not receiving, not accepting responsibility. When God asked Adam if he ate the forbidden fruit, Adam immediately blamed Eve and God. Adam turned the situation around by saying, the woman you gave to me. In other words, Adam was saying, it is your fault, God. You and the woman are to blame. People today aren't different much from this. This is where many people stand, refusing to accept responsibility. It's a lot easier to blame someone else rather than to place the blame where it belongs, squarely on our shoulders. Adversity comes to everybody, everybody. Everybody has a share portion of adversity. But God made a provision for us in the body of Christ to be overcomers. And if you're an overcomer, I want you to shout amen wherever you are right now. We are overcomers. We can be victorious in the midst of trying circumstances. It may feel as though our situation is beyond our control, but God has provided a way of escape for everything that comes against us. Our victory is found in his word. Hallelujah. Come on, hold your Bible tonight and say, this is my victory. My victory is all over the pages of this word. My victory is here. In his word, praise God. In his word. Our victory is found in his word. The name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and the authority in Christ Jesus. His name, his blood, and the authority we have in Christ Jesus. We'd like to think we are not responsible for the adversity we face or we encounter. Whether it's sickness, whether it's financial lack, or some other trouble. But we are more responsible for what happens to us than many of us would think or want to admit. It's up to us to use what he has given us to change our circumstances. We cannot allow ourselves to become so caught up in the day-to-day affairs that we don't hear God's still small voice anymore. Praise God. When he tries to warn us to safety, when he tries to direct us to safety, we must quick, we must be quick to use our authority when symptoms come to our bodies. When the symptoms show up, we should be quick. But when signs are showing up, like it's showing up in our world today, coronavirus is killing people in our society, affecting people, dangerous. We must use our God-given authority. We should not just sit down and complain or join the counting game. Oh, we have increased by 100 now. There are more 100 victims. Oh, we have increased by 200 victims now. And just keep on staying on the news. Even the director general of the World Health Organization said, limit the negative news you hear. This is a circular man saying this. You can check out his broadcast when he gave about eight to ten things to do in such a time like this. He said, remain positive. Praise God. I said, praise God. 
and in adversity we must guard our lips only to speak words of faith only words of faith let it come out of your mouth why because life and death is in the power of the tongue praise god when we realize that god's authority also belongs to each individual in the body of christ then we will never be the same again will dominate the devil instead of him let instead of us letting him dominate us praise god and i'm sure without any shadow of doubt you are ready in this season to exercise your god-given authority you are ready to exercise your god-given authority can i hear you a good amen i said can i hear a good amen Thank you, Father. Because we are no longer strangers nor foreigners, but we are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Our case is different. So that's the blame game I first want to take care of. Don't join the blame game. Accept responsibility as a child of God. You have been given the name. You have been given the blood. You have been given the God-given authority. He said, all authority has been given unto me and I give the same to you. The same authority given to the head is given to the body. Go now and start exercising that authority. Don't sit in the morning exercising, in the evening exercising, not only because coronavirus is out there, no, not only because of that, hallelujah, but it should be your norm, it should be your regular. It should be things you do against sickness, against diseases, against negative circumstances and situations. Keep on exercising your God-given authority. Do it on behalf of your spouse, on behalf of your marriage, on behalf of your children, on behalf of your career, your business, your finances. Keep on exercising that authority. Even in the midst of negative news, stand because the words you speak, they are spirit and they are life. You can give life to what is dying. You can put death to what is contrary to what your life ought to be. God-given authority. As you are listening to this broadcast at home, I want to challenge you. This is the time you stand. You stand on the word of God. Heaven and earth can pass away. Not a word, not a jot, not an iota of God's word will go back unfulfilled. It says, so shall my word be, Isaiah 55, 11, that proceed out of my mouth. It will not return to me void until it has accomplished the purpose for which it has been sent. Send the word of God to your environment. Send it to the atmosphere of your life. And you will see the devil quake on every side. In Jesus' mighty name. Secondly, I want to share with you today that you are risen with Christ. You are what? Reason with Christ. First of all, I told you, don't participate in the blame game. Don't participate in the blame game. Don't turn responsibility to some. It starts here. And take charge from today. Take charge and exercise your God-given authority. Secondly, you are risen with Christ. Because of that status that you are risen with Christ, everything has changed for you. How many things? All things. 
And this is the time and age you need to live in the consciousness of your nature. Because, you see, when you rose with Christ, when you rose from the dead with Christ, everything about you changed. And you need to live and walk in the consciousness of that change. You are not who you used to be at all. It's a great change. And the more you exercise yourself in your new nature, the more conscious you are in your new nature, the more of the experiences you will witness, participate, experience, manifest in your life. The consciousness of that new nature. Lift up your hands to heaven wherever you are and say, Father, help me tonight to awake unto righteousness to be awoken to my new nature, to live from the status of my new nature and have my being from my new nature in the name of Jesus. You see, under the old covenant, under the old covenant, the death of a spotless lamb was the penalty for sin. When people sinned, a spotless lamb had to be presented, had to be slaughtered to cover, to make atonement for that sin. This sacrifice had to be made every year until Jesus showed up. Jesus' death on the cross paid the penalty for sin once and for all. For all humanity, not only the Jewish race, for every race, for every human race, he cleared the penalty of sin once and for all. Jesus' death on the cross paid the sin penalty. Jesus brought with him, after he resurrected, listen, after he rose from the dead, he brought, because the Bible makes us to understand in Colossians 2, 14 and 15, he went to the pit of hell. And he brought with him the keys of hell and death, because he made a public show of principalities and powers. Colossians 2, 14 and 15. In Revelations 1, 18, let's quickly show that. Revelations 1, 18, show it on the screen for the people to read. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. The authorities of hell. The authority of death had been stripped off. <laughs> Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Physical death, however, is still an enemy. That is why the world is still scared out there. Physical death is still an enemy. In fact, the Bible calls him the last enemy. So, in this part of eternity, it will be the last enemy to be put under our feet. In 1 Corinthians 15, 26, explain that. That's the last enemy that we, we put under our feet. But we as believers, we don't die. Death has no dominion over us. We only change home addresses. Praise God. We will not forever be in these physical bodies. But there will be a day when our bodies will be changed in a twinkling of an eye, clothed with incorruption. Until that time, we have power, but I would say 
limited power over death itself because one day we are going to transcend. Praise God. Satan has been stripped of all power he once had. One way we enforce the devil's defeat is found in Matthew 18, 18. Let's quickly look at that. Please follow the teaching tonight. It's going to change your life. I know what I'm talking about. Death, where is your sting? <laughs> Glory be to God. I said death has no dominion over you. Praise God. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind, here or not, shall be what? Bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall lose on earth, shall be what? Loosed in heaven. Jesus said, verily I say unto you. Now, does Jesus mean what he says? Does he say what he means? Now, the Bible says whatsoever. It doesn't matter what it is. Coronavirus. Lack in your life. Sickness in your life. Disease in your life. Whatever it is. In other translation says, it's whatsoever you allow on the earth will be allowed in heaven. I want to ask you from the convenience of your home. Do you want to allow coronavirus in your city? Do you want to allow him in your home? Do you want to allow him in your province? Do you want to allow him in your nation? Do you even want to allow him in your neighboring nations? Do you want to allow him in any nation in the world? The answer is no. So the Bible has given us here. He's given us the authority. What things soever we allow. So this is the time to exercise your authority once again. Coronavirus, negative impact, negative situations, we disallow you in our lives. Can I hear you? Good amen. Most times as Christians, we are not used to exercising our God-given authorities. We have allowed the enemy to have a foothold in many areas of our lives because we would not exert our authority. We keep quiet. We say confederacy with them that say confederacy. We listen to negative news and we become afraid. No, no, no. A thousand times no. You are a believer. The world needs you. This is the time you are needed to stand on the word of God and exercise that authority and resist the devil and let him flee from you. Not only in the area of coronavirus that is getting the world's attention now, in every area of your life you should resist the devil. Everything you don't allow, everything you don't want to allow, disallow it. Because you have been given the authority. Everybody say, I've been given the authority to disallow the enemy. Amen. Most times believers are wanting God to do it for them. To do something. Meanwhile, God is waiting on believers to do something. We are all waiting on God to do something. Meanwhile, according to the word of God, God is waiting for believers to do it. Because he has given them the what? The authority. Ladies and gentlemen, you have the authority to do something. I'm trusting God in the next few days, you are going to do something. The world is going to hear about it that you have done something. And so shall it be in the name of Jesus. Why will you do something? I want to share three main things with you tonight about this believer's authority number one god is for us as believers you must live in the consciousness of that that god is for you 
no matter what, no matter the circumstance and the situation, God will never leave you nor forsake you. Everybody, let me hear you shout it loud. God is for us. Secondly, I want you to know that God is with us. He's not only for us, he's also with us. He's with us. And lastly, I want you to know that apart from God being for you, apart from God being with you, God is also in you. God is in us. So, number one, God is what? For us. Number two, God is what? With us. Number three, God is what? God is in us. Now, walking in the consciousness of this threefold manifested revelation will put and destroy the devil hands down any day, any time in your life. Just acting on these words. Just acting on these scriptures. God is for us. Romans 8, 31 makes it clear that God is for us. We need to maintain these three relations towards him as believers. God is for us. Romans 8, 31. He said, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Including the spirit of infirmity. If we are not careful, we can forget the Bible is so that God is for us. If we are not careful, we can forget it. God is so much for us. And we need to live in the consciousness of it. It's not that we haven't heard this before. It's the lack of living in the consciousness of it that is the problem. If God is for you, the Bible even asks, he said, who can be against you? Who can be against you, ladies and gentlemen? Who? No one is fit to be against you. With God on our side, we are guaranteed success. God is not a failure. When we know that he is for us, we can utterly, fearlessly, no matter how dark the situation is, no matter how difficult the circumstance or the problem is, we can be sure of this. God has the ability the power, the own answer to put us over the enemy. He can put us over. Glory be to God. Sometimes people miss this. Sometimes people miss it and sin. Sometimes people fall in sin. And this is not to license anybody who is living a life of sin to continue. No. But sometimes, yes, we do fall into mistake. We do miss it. John was writing to sinners and wrote, he said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John 1 9, he's able to cleanse us. So God wants to help us, restore us when we miss it. He wants to lift us up whenever we stumble and fail or whenever we stumble and fall. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says, A just man falleth seven times, and he rises up again. If we've fallen or failed in any area, we can't just lie there. We must get up, repent, go on with God, and he will forgive us. Listen to me. What I'm saying tonight is this. 
even when you make mistakes, God says he won't abandon you. He's always with us. It's only if you abandon yourself by not repenting. But if you repent of it, he says he will take you back. So I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to all those who, one way or the other, you are falling out of relationship with God. Listen to me. God is for you. God says he will never turn his back against you. All you need to do right now is get on your knees and repent. Say sorry to him and he will restore that relationship right now in the name of Jesus. The second thing today is that God is not only for you. God is with you. Thank God he's with us. Thank God he's for us. Thank God he's with us. We don't have to experience defeat when the great unseen one is for us. Hallelujah. But he's also with us. He's also with us. In John 14, 23, we see this clearly. John 14, 23. God is also with us. This is beautiful. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. We will come and live on the inside of that person. God is with us. Abode is the same meaning of the word home. Home is the place where you live. Jesus said we, speaking of himself and the father, would make the abode or home inside of us. That is why we need to be conscious that God is with us. In all our life circumstances and difficulties, it will be in our own advantage to be conscious of this truth that God is with us. Our faith goes up when we know that he lives on the inside of us. He's with us. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's with me. He's also in me. Glory be to God. What a combination. He's for me. He's with me. And he's on the inside of me. What can I fear? What should I fear? What is permitted for me to fear? We are talking of the almighty God. The creator of the heavens and the earth. That's why the Bible says he that dwells in his secret place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He that dwells in his secret place will abide under his shadow. Shadow indicates that there is an object close by. Hallelujah. That is why no disease, no plague can come near your dwelling. But ladies and gentlemen, we need to live in the consciousness of this. Praise God. Colossians 1, 12 to 3, or 12 to 13. Colossians 1, 12 to 13. Let's quickly read that scripture. I hope you are having a great time tonight. You are getting something into your system. You need this mape. You need this medicine in your system. Praise God. It says, giving thanks to the Father who had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Is that the Father has delivered, had drawn us to himself. <laughs> That's in the Amplified. Give me the Amplified. Amplified of 13. The Father, the Father, <laughs> uh, 
Amplified of 13. Colossians The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control of dominion of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Huh. That is powerful. The third thing tonight, quickly, is that God is in us. Oh, the consciousness of this truth will help you, ladies and gentlemen. God is in you. Everybody say, God is in me. God is in me. Because the Bible says, it's like God goes one step further. I mean, he could have stopped where the Bible says, God is for me. I could live the rest of my days with that, just knowing that he's on my side. He didn't stop there. He's for me. Then he said, he's with me. For me, it's like he has taken a decision. He will always take my side. That's why even when a believer sins, a believer makes a mistake, a believer falls, he said he will never leave the believer. Why? Because he's always on the believer's side. It's just like your own son, like your own child. Now, again, I want to reemphasize, this is not a license for sin. This is not a license to continue to do the wrong. I believe that even if you love your father, you will stop doing the wrong. Out of an act of love. Because you don't hurt the person you love. It's, it's difficult to say you love somebody and you keep on constantly hurting the person. No. No. So this is why that he's for you. He has made a decision before you are born. That the moment you have accepted his love, he will never leave you. Nor what? Forsake you. Now, he took it a step further. He said he's going to be with you. That simply means that apart from taking a decision to always be on your side, he will go everywhere with you. That's being with you. Now, this is the ultimate. It's not only for you. He's not only with you. He said, I will live on the inside of you. <laughs> That's powerful. That's a threefold cord that is not easily broken. He said, God goes one step further. He's not only for us. He's not only with us. He's also in us. Ephesians 2.22 says, Ephesians 2.22. Let's quickly turn there. Ephesians 2.22. Glory be to God. I'm enjoying this. In whom ye also, you are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. You are built for an habitation of God. I was born to be his dwelling place. A home for the presence of the Lord. Wow. You mean that's part of what I'm created to be and to do? Yes. To be a dwelling place for the presence of the Lord. To be a dwelling place for the presence of the Most High. Glory be to God. To be a dwelling place. To be an habitation. God prepared you to live on the inside of you. <laughs> Glory be to God. Glory be to God. God has made his home in our bodies. That's why 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, What? Know ye not that your bodies are the temple, is the temple of the Holy Ghost, is the dwelling place of God. That is why sickness should not be permitted in your body, because God lives on the inside of you. Any sickness wanting to trouble that body is violating the rule of God. And that's where you exercise your authority again. 
That's why nothing, nothing, nothing evil should touch your body. You should never permit it because it's the dwelling place of God. He lives on the inside of you. He lives in your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. So when we accept Jesus into our life as your personal Lord and Savior, as our personal Lord and Savior, we no longer belong to ourselves. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. God has made his home in our bodies. Glory be to God. Unfortunately, many Christians are not conscious of this, which is true. We don't walk in the consciousness of this. We don't walk in the reality of this. We don't walk in such a way that we know this truth is a truth. It's not a fallacy. It's not a dream. God lives on the inside of you. The creator of the whole universe lives on the inside of you. I need to come to the reality and the consciousness of this truth that God lives on the inside of me. How powerful is that? That God lives in the inside of you. Praise God. Because if we believe that God dwells on the inside of us, we will not talk about the lack of power of inability. There is no lack in God. Since he dwells in us, we should not have any lack, neither. Any lack. Praise God. Second, the Bible says in Second Corinthians 6.16, Ye are the temple of a living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, I will walk in them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Praise God. Praise God. And, I, and, and they shall be my people. Why does God live in us? To put us over any circumstance. To help us at every time we need help. Praise God. So he lives permanently on our inside. In 1 John chapter 4, you see the first three verses talks about the devil and his courts. Talk about demons and evil spirits. But the fourth verse begins by saying, Ye are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Overcome who? The devil and the evil spirits. You have overcome them. And he tells us why we have overcome them. He said, through Christ Jesus, we have overcome all demonic forces. How? He said in this verse, because greater is he, 1 John 4, 4, that lives on the inside of you. Greater is he that lives on the inside of you than he that is in the world. That is why we have overcome coronavirus. Because of the one that lives on the inside of us. That is why we have overcome circumstances and situations. That's why we have overcome any form or any shape of defeat. We have overcome already. What you need to do is exercise your authority in that overcoming. You need to push back. Tell yourself, I'm going to push back. I'm going to push the enemy back. He said, resist him and he's going to flee. So the God himself knew that the devil is a very stubborn one. Even though he knows he's defeated. Will he agree that he's defeated? No. That's why he put that scripture. Resisting. Even though I've given you authority, even though I've given you power, even though he knows that he's a defeated foe, he's still stubborn. That's why you have to resist him. 
that resisted in force exercising your authority. You wake up in the morning, you exercise it in the name of Jesus Christ. Everywhere I'm going, everywhere I'm walking, I walk in the favor of God. I walk in the favor of God. I walk with open doors. Praise God. That's why he said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Praise God. You go to that throne of grace every morning. You collect favor. You collect open door. You collect long life. You collect every grace you need. Praise God. I said, praise God. So we need to act on God's word. We let the greater one that is on our inside dominate our lives. We allow his word to dominate us, to take control. And the control of our world. Glory be to God. That's why James tells us that doers of the world are justified, not just hearers only. James 1.22. The scripture says that when we are only hearers of the word, we delude ourselves. He says we are cheating ourselves. We are deceiving ourselves. We just need to act on the word of God as if it is so. Because it is so. <laughs> Glory be to God. None of it will come back unfulfilled. We need to act on the word of God. We can't act on what we don't know. That's why we have to gather these words and begin to act on them. You know it now that the greater one lives on the inside of you. You know it that is with you. You know it that is for you. You know it that he lives on the inside of you. Then begin to act it. Praise God. Begin to speak it. The Bible says we speak, we believe, therefore we we speak, we say it. We give life to our lives because the words we speak are spirit and life. Hallelujah. So when God is for us, who can be against us? And because he's with us, who will, ne who, he will never forsake us. He will be with us to the end of the world. That's what the scripture says. Matthew 28, 20. He will be with you forever. The greater one dwells in us. 1 John 4, 4. And will put us over whatever circumstance or situation and make us a success in life. I see you on the top in every area of your life. I see you move forward. I see you advance by the energy of God's spirit. I see your life change on every side. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for you to begin to exercise your God-given authority like never before. Don't forget, God is for who? It's for me. God is with who? It's with me. God is for you. God is with you. And God is in you. What you need to do is walk in the consciousness of it. Praise God. And you will see the devil fall at all times like a pack of cards. Somebody may say, Pastor, but why don't we experience this? Because 
we are not exercising our God-given authority. Look at it, for example. I've taught you in Psalm 91, there are 21 covenant promises for every child of God. Thank God we started talking about it ever before this play came up. But only one covenant responsibility is in the whole book of Psalm 91 to do. And that secret of Psalm 91 is in the verse 2. The all the rest of things is what God himself will do. And what is that covenant responsibility? He said you should dwell in the secret of place of the Most High and you will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And you will say. That's all. If you are dwelling in the secret place, just say. Speak. But do you know that covenant responsibility of speaking? And what will you say? Four things. You will say of the Lord. He's your what? Refuge, number one. He's your what? Fortress. Number three. He's your God. And number four. In name will you trust. He said you should say this thing constantly and consistently. And the remaining covenants will be manifested. Will be manifested. But ask how many people are saying that over their lives. The covenant responsibility. Exercising it. Being conscious of it. Now you can, a thousand will fall at your left, ten thousand at your right. None will come near you. It's a manifestation. What to make that happen is not by saying that. No. That a, a thousand will fall at my left, ten thousand will fall at my right, none will come near me. Mm. It's you saying of who? Of the Lord. That one is a manifestation. So you look for the covenant responsibilities. Praise God. And as God shows you, you dwell there. You exercise yourself in it. You speak it. You speak life. Hallelujah. Not just today and you take holiday for one week. No. Every day. Every day. Because his promises are new. Because God himself is new. When? Every morning. Every morning is new. Praise God. Paul said, I do these things daily. Hallelujah. Every day is a day of manifestation. You walk in the consciousness of what God says, and you will see the manifestation. I see God come through for you. In this season of the believer's authority, oh, the devil will see you from afar and run. In the name of Jesus. Because you will work stronger. You will work, work deeper. You will work stronger in him. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. And Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.